Good morning, church. So glad that you're here with us this morning. Welcome to Redemption Gilbert. We have an exciting morning for you. Uh, it's going to be a little different than you're used to, but that's part of what's going to make it great. I'm really excited. The last service went awesome, and I'm excited for this. Um, just a note, if you have any extra space in, in between some seats, if you could scoot for us, that'd be great. We saw a few people trying to get some seats. Um, that'd be really helpful. Thank you very much. We're going to be continuing uh, in our First John series today, but we're going to be doing it in a slightly different way. Because I think we're at a point in 1 John in which uh, this letter takes a hard turn. Just to remind you, uh, John is the apostle who was overseeing the churches there in western Turkey. John is most likely living in Ephesus, attending the church there in Ephesus when he writes this letter of 1 John. John is the disciple, the youngest disciple of Jesus, and would have spent his most formative teenage years in the care and company of Jesus. And it's at this point in the letter, if you remember where we, what we've been working through, John has been arguing to these churches, these beleaguered churches uh, in western Turkey who are dealing with the tension of two realities. One, they're being rejected by their ancestral people. They've been kicked out of the synagogue and told that they have left the faithfulness of being God's people. At the same time, their neighbors and their cultural relatives in Ephesus and in these towns have rejected them because they refuse to engage in empire worship. And it's in that place that John has been reminding them about how they know whether they're the people that God wants them to be. Last week, if you remember, he ends with saying, essentially, there are two things that are going to matter. Do you live an upright life and do you love your brothers and your sisters? It's in that place. If you want to follow along, you can uh, on your phone or on, in your Bible, but the text is going to be up here and it's going to be pretty easy because it's about a whopping 12 words that are going to be up here because we're only going to work on 1 John chapter 3, verse 11, which I should probably turn on my clicker. That will help me. Here's what it says. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. What's amazing to me is that John, after chapters of build-up to this point, summarizes everything that he wants them to concentrate on, and the thing that he brings it back to is the message that they received from the very beginning, which is they should love each other. It's a confrontation of the people that are around them who are rejecting them and they're coming at them with anger, hatred, dismissiveness. And he's saying what we need to focus on is the thing that we started with, which is love. And now you might say, John, that seems a little reductionist. It seems like there's more that we need to focus on than just loving one another. And, you know, you might be right. Let's see what Jesus has to say. <laughs> Jesus in Mark 12, there's a moment when Jesus is out teaching the crowds. Jesus is going through a number of parables. He's answering questions. He's, he's having interaction with his disciples as well as a larger crowd that is there. And this moment happens where one of the teachers of the law comes along. Uh, this would have been, he would have been a scholar. Most likely this is a Pharisee who's walking by. He sees the commotion, the crowd, and he listens in for a moment to hear what Jesus is saying to the people who are asking him questions. And I love the response that the Pharisee has because the Pharisee hears them debating and he notices that Jesus gave them a good answer. 
huh, this guy seems like he might have something to say. So he speaks up. And of course, he commands authority in that moment because he's wearing a very official robe, most likely. He would have been known in that community as this guy is in charge of what we believe uh, religiously. And he speaks up. And you can imagine the crowd goes silent as he asks the question to to Jesus. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, if you've been around the church for a long time, you know Jesus' answer because Jesus comes back to him and he says, the most important one is this. And then Jesus gives to him what is known as the Shema. This would have been the foundational belief of the Jewish people. This would have been the prayer that opened their day and closed their day every single day of a faithful Jew's life. And he says, this is the most important commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The first thing that we need to do is acknowledge that God alone is one. He is supreme and that reality necessitates us giving all of ourselves to him. It's our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And then Jesus continues because he says, and the second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandments greater than these. Now, this man who has authority in that community, I'm picturing him with a smug smile and a nod as he affirms Jesus in what he says. And he says, well well said, teacher. You're right in saying that God is one and that there's no one else but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, that's more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. This religious authority agrees with Jesus and he says, you're absolutely right. What the scriptures teach is that your commitment to God as demonstrated through your love of your neighbor means more than anything else that you do in your religious life. It matters more than what you claim to believe. It matters more than the doctrines that you hold on to. It matters more than your church attendance. It matters more than the sacrifices that you offer. This dovetails perfectly into John's letter that he's giving us in 1 John. You want to claim you're from God, here's how we will validate. Do you love your brothers and your sisters? That's what John has boiled it down to. And when he gets to this moment in the letter, in 1 John chapter 3, he says, let's go back right to the beginning, to the thing that you remembered from the start. Love one another. I love this because here the Pharisee is trying to take a position of authority over Jesus and say, that's a pretty good answer. I really like what you have to say there. And then Jesus does this. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. I love this. Jesus in one sentence kindly puts this guy in his place. I'm glad that you're trying to affirm what I had to say. Let me be the one to speak from a position of authority. You're close to the kingdom of God. And I love the response of the crowd. From then on, nobody dared ask this guy a question. (laughs) You were not going to question him because of what he said. What he does here, Jesus does this amazing thing where he both affirms the Pharisee in his statement that your religious behavior and activities and beliefs are not the thing that determine whether you're part of the kingdom of God or not, but it gets you close. I came across a quote this week, shocker, I know, Uh, but it's from a book that I really love called Surprised by Hope. Um, There we go. 
Here's Here's what the book says. What you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself, will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a little less beastly, a little more bearable, until the day when we can leave it all behind altogether. They are part of what we may call building God's kingdom. The author of this book emphasizes what Jesus, I think, is trying to say. You've said the right thing. You have the right posture. You've affirmed the correct information. And that gets you close to the kingdom of God. I want to be clear. That's important. Believing the right things are important. Having the right doctrinal stance is important. Understanding the scriptures is important. But if it does not lead to the kind of things that build God's kingdom, it does not matter at all. You're just nearby. What John is telling us is that the defining characteristic of whether we have an authentic faith as God's community of people that he calls family is whether we love one another well. And I got to be honest, that's a lot harder than having correct doctrine. That's a lot harder than knowing the right answer. I want to encourage us as we hear this and as we push into what this means, you're not far from the kingdom of God. The invitation that I want to put before us and that we're going to talk about today is what does it look like to take those deeply held convictions and put them into action, loving our neighbors? Okay, I have a a very short class that I want to lead you through. Are you guys ready? Uh, If you said no, too bad, we're going to do it anyway. Here we go. You're going to learn about a place today called the Central African Republic. You're probably unfamiliar with it because most people are. Uh, I've included a map up here. If you don't know where the Central African Republic is, it's in the center of Africa. Uh, You can see right there, it's it's dead smack in the middle of the African continent. Up there in the right is a photo that shows uh, the country overlaid with the eastern seaboard of the United States. You can kind of get an idea of how large it is. It's about, I think, 600,000 square miles. It's a fairly large country uh, right there in the middle of Central Africa. It was a French colony for many, many, many years until 1960 when they achieved their independence. And frankly, they've been in a state of war ever since. Uh, If if you look at uh, the State Department's website, they will tell you they've been in an ongoing civil war there since 2012. Uh, But if you read the history before that, it's like, I don't know why you picked this, because it seems like they've been in civil war every few years all along. Military coups, political upheaval. What, uh, what I would like for you to know about the Central African Republic is some stuff that I found from the World Bank. The World Bank does a really great job at doing uh, financial and sociological overviews of places like the Central African Republic. Here's what they had to say about them. Landlocked in the heart of Africa, the Central African Republic is sparsely populated. It's one of the poorest and most fragile countries in the world. For over two decades now, the Central African Republic has been mired in crisis. With a population of just over 6 million people, the Central African Republic ranks at the bottom of the human capital and development indices. The World Bank ranks countries based on outcomes on education, healthcare, uh, and financial. And it doesn't matter which one of those things you measure the Central African Republic in, it's either at the bottom or in the bottom three of every one of those measures worldwide. They measure something like 191 countries. 
I think the highest ranking I saw for them was 187. Its institutions are weak. Its citizens have limited access to basic services. Infrastructure is woefully inadequate. Gender-based violence is widespread. The social fabric has been eroded. Despite its significant agricultural potential and vast forests, the population is yet to share in any of those associated benefits. The Central African Republic remains one of the poorest countries in the world, and it's grappling with numerous human capital challenges. The latest estimates from 2020 is that 71% of people in the Central African Republic are living below the international poverty line, which is at $1.90 a day. 71% of people in this country live below $1.90 a day. The Central African Republic has some of the lowest education indicators. The expected length of schooling is five years for boys and 3.8 years for girls. That's the total education you can expect as a child growing up in that country. And the quality of primary education is low, and few girls have access to secondary education. Now, what I just painted for you should be a fairly obviously bleak picture. This is a very dark, hard place on the planet. By almost every measure, it's poor, it's uneducated, there's no political stability, there's war that's been going on forever. And now you might say to me, why in the heck are you telling us about the Central African Republic? Because i got to be honest, there's a lot of countries across the globe that could fit into what I just said. One of the things that has marked Redemption Gilbert for many, many years is that every year when we get to the Advent season, we begin talking about our Advent offering, our Christmas Eve offering that we take. 100% of the money that's given for the Advent offering goes outside of the walls of Redemption Gilbert. That money is given away every single year. Uh, you, as a part of this church, has, have historically been massively generous in giving to that fund. We, as leaders of Redemption Gilbert, have to confess We've not always done a good job at telling you the stories of where that money has went. And today, we're going to do something to change that. Because my friend Desi is here, who's doing work in the Central African Republic. Could you welcome Desi up to the stage? And you too, Pat. This is Desi, uh, and this is Pat. Um, Pat is here because Pat is a translator because Desi is, where are you from, Desi? Why don't you let everybody know? I'm from Naples. Not from Italy, but from Naples. You don't claim the whole nation. I got Naples it. is no, in Italy. Me. Shh. Don't tell that. <laughs> Please grab a seat. Thank you. Uh, so, um, Although Desi has incredible English, um, we have Pat here to help with some translation. Desi thought it would make her more comfortable, so um, that'll be great. I had the opportunity of really meeting you uh, probably a month ago over a long Zoom call to hear your story and what's going on with you. Uh, and I'd love to get our church up to speed as to where you are and what you're doing. And I think one of the best ways for us to start doing that is for you to tell us a little bit of your story. Uh, you're a woman who grew up in Naples, and now you're in Central African Republic. How did all that happen? Yeah, it's not very different, Naples and Central Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, I'm going Italian. Sono Desiree, ho 42 anni. So I'm 42 years old. Sono nata in una famiglia cristiana. Mio papà era pastore. I was born in a Christian family. My father was a pastor. E quando avevo due anni, uh, mio uh, papà ha, ha fatto scelte che, che Dio non aveva previsto che lui facesse. 
when I was two years old, my father made some choices in his life that God wouldn't have wanted him to make. E quindi ha lasciato la chiesa e ha lasciato la famiglia. He left his church and he left our family. E io non l'ho visto molto. I didn't see him very much after that. E non ho um, sentito molto il suo amore. And I really didn't feel his love very much. Um, posso dire, no, non l'ho proprio sentito il suo amore. Let's say I didn't feel his love at all. E come figlia femmina. And as uh, his, as his daughter is. As a daughter. As a daughter. Uh, questo mi ha, mi ha rotto il cuore. This really broke my heart. Mi sono sentita profondamente rigettata dal mondo. I felt profoundly rejected by the whole world. Non mi sentivo amata da nessuno. I didn't feel loved by anyone. Ed era difficile vivere non sentendosi amati. And it was really difficult for me to live not feeling loved. E Dio ha provato a mostrarmi il suo amore. And in God's amazing love he found a way. Uh, no, no, he tried. He tried to yeah, find a way. To show me his love. <laughs> to show me his love. Right? Yeah. Um, um, la figura di Dio è la figura di un padre. Because the figure we have of God is the figure of a father. E uh, il mio padre umano non mi aveva amato. And my father, my human father, didn't love me. Come potevo credere che il Padre Celeste di tutta l'umanità potesse amarmi? How could I believe that this heavenly father of all humanity could in any way love me. Um, um, io, um, c'è un pastore a Caserta so, che si chiama Franco. There's a pastor that I got to know in a town called Caserta where she lived near Naples. E no, non sappiamo bene come, ma uh, Dio in qualche modo gli ha chiesto di amarmi come figlia. We don't know how this all came about, but in some way God asked him to love me in a special way as a daughter. E io non sono una figlia facile. I'm not an easy daughter. Però sono ribelle, qualcuno I'm, dice. I'm a rebel, one would say. E, uh, e, e soprattutto non riuscivo a ricevere il suo amore di padre. And I really didn't easily accept his love, his fatherly love. Ma lui ha avuto pazienza. But he was patient. E uh, io sono così grata a Dio per il dono di questo padre. And I'm so grateful to God for the gift of this father. Perché attraverso di lui ho scoperto che Dio, papà, mi ama. Because by him I was able to understand that God is my daddy, my father who loves me. E uh, e poi ho quindi ho, ho, ho abbracciato questa vita meravigliosa con il Signore. So I embraced this wonderful, beautiful life that, of the Lord. Io per un periodo della mia vita, quando ero lontana da Dio, vivevo tanto per la strada. When I was on my own before I was lived the life with God, I, I lived a lot in the streets. On the, in the... E una regola nella strada è. And there's a rule in, on the streets. Mantenere la parola. That you have to keep your word. Anche la Bibbia lo dice. The Bible says that too. Dici sì, sì, dici no, no. Yes, yes, no, no. So anche nella strada viviamo la parola di Dio. Also when you're living on the streets, you I guess you live the word of God. <laughs> you live by your word. 
Quindi, quindi quando io ho dato la mia vita a Gesù ho detto prendi la mia vita e fai quello che vuoi. So when I gave my life to Jesus, I told him, you take my life and you do with it whatever you want. E quindi quando Dio mi ha detto vai, uh, vogliamo andare insieme in Centrafrica. So then when God said to me, should we, shall we go together into Central African Republic? E io sono una che mantiene la parola. And I'm one who keeps my word. E la mia risposta? So my answer to him was? No. <laughs> non sono molto entusiasta questa I'm, cosa. I'm really not very enthusiastic about this proposal. <laughs> e quindi ho, ho un po' litigato so con I Dio. So I fought with him. But I know my God. And he knows me. And he has the best for me and for us. So then I said, Okay, let's do it. So I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> One of the questions that I've now have heard you answer a few times that makes me weep every time I hear you answer it is, what does Jesus mean to you, Desi? Again, I'm crying again. Um... Jesus is uh, the best part of my life. Um, when you live in country like the Central Africa, I am alone there. I am alone. Sono la sola missionaria. I'm alone as a missionary. Ci sono persone locali locali che lavorano con me. There's local people that work with me. Ma io sono sola. But I'm alone. E, um, la solitudine è bella quando la scegli. Solitude can be beautiful if you choose it. Ma se la subisci. But if you accept it. It's so hard. So, what is God for me? He's my everything. He's my husband. He's my best friend. He's my savior. Lui è la persona che mi ha scelto nonostante me. He's the person that chose me in spite of who I am. He's the best one. You did it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just uh, just to give you a little bit of context about how we would get connected with a woman like Desi before we continue in her story. So. Um, Tyler Johnson has a relationship with a man named Giovanni, who uh, is a pastor that oversees a network of evangelical churches in Italy that are very much in the kind of redemption church model. Uh, there's churches all through the country of Italy that are there, small evangelical churches. Uh, Giovanni started this network of churches. Uh, Franco, who is a pastor who oversees a church in Caserta, which is the church that Desi was a part of, and she talked about meeting him. Uh, Franco does work there. Something you need to know about uh, Italian evangelicalism, it is very small. Uh, most of West, Western Europe is post-Christian, uh, meaning they've kind of abandoned the church as being a necessity part of this a necessary part of life. Uh, where the church still exists, it's mostly Catholic and it's mostly cultural. So evangelical churches in Italy 
are often small. And if you are a pastor in those places, it is not like being a pastor here. Uh, Franco, Giovanni and Franco got to come visit our staff last year and we got to spend a day with them. It was an incredible day. And what I heard is a man who's dedicated to a church and doing the kind of work of love that Desi described. And yet he's working three jobs in order to then in his free time care for a church. Uh, step one of you knowing your partnership in places around the world is that this year we committed to Franco to subsidize his ability to be able to pastor that church. You, through your giving to the Advent offering, is now paying for a pastor to be caring for a church in Caserta, Italy. It is Desi's church. That's our connection to how we know these churches, this family of churches, and how we're connected to to Desi, and then Desi goes off to the Central African Republic. Now, the stats that I gave us about the Central African Republic paint a fairly bleak picture, a difficult place. I'm going to walk us through a few topics, and maybe you could talk about, to us about the difficulty of those topics. First, could you talk about water, for instance? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, we, uh, we found this Abbiamo trovato questa casa, che era un ex convento di suore. So we found a house in Central African Republic. It was an ex-convent of Catholic nuns. Ed è stato un dono di Dio trovare un posto così. It was really a gift from God to find a place like this there. Perché è un paese in guerra ed è difficile trovare un posto così a questo punto. Because it's a country that's in the middle of a war, so it's very difficult to find a property that's available like this. Quindi abbiamo trovato questa casa, ma non c'era né acqua né luce, non c'era niente, era molto sporca. So we found this house. There was no water, there was no light, and it was filthy. E c'erano tutti tipi di insetti che io non sapevo neanche che esistessero. And there were all kinds of insects, some I didn't even know existed. E a volte dico, ho trovato anche gli elefanti in casa, non è vero? sometimes I tell people, I even found elephants in the house. E quindi è stato difficilissimo pulire, sistemare quella casa senza acqua. So it was very, very difficult to clean, put that house in order. On top of it, there was no water. A volte andavo a caricare i bidoni da 25 litri. Sometimes I had to go to a well far away with a of 25 e c'erano delle suore che mi prestavano il loro pozzo. So these, uh, well. Ma magari avevo 5 bidoni da 25 litri per 3 giorni, 4 giorni. So, to, non potevo water. andare sempre a prendere acqua I da couldn't, loro. È stato molto difficile. E ho pregato moltissimo. I prayed, I really Perché quando mi sono trasferita lì ero lontana dalla mia famiglia. Lontana dalla chiesa. Far from my non avevo il mio cibo, non avevo le mie comodità. I didn't have food, I didn't have e era tutto incredibilmente difficile perché ero sola. It was incredibly, sola. Incredibly hard. Most of all because I was alone. E, uh, uh, e, e quindi pregavo, Signore, ti prego, io ho bisogno di acqua. So I prayed and I said, Lord, I need water. E la chiesa in Italia non aveva la possibilità 
Le chiese evangeliche in Italia sono molto piccole. E un giorno il pastore della chiesa mi chiama, il pastore Giovanni mi chiama. One day Giovanni, the pastor of the church called me. E mi dice il Signore ha provveduto i soldi per il pozzo. He said, "Guess what? The Lord has given us the money for the well." E io gli chiedo da dove arrivano questi said, well, soldi. Where did, the, where did the Lord give us this money from? E lui mi dice Tyler, conosci Tyler? And he said, "Tyler, Tyler Johnson, you know Tyler Johnson." Uh, la, la chiesa uh, Redemption Redemption Church. Money. The Lord used Redemption Church to give us this money. Fratelli e sorelle, voi non potete immaginare che cosa ha significato per me per i bambini ma per tutto il villaggio quel my, pozzo my brothers and sisters you have no idea what it meant for me for my children that i was taking care of that gift of that well that you gave to us questa sinistra è l'acqua che prendevo dalle suore and so the one on the left is the water that i was getting from the the nuns quella destra è il pozzo che noi abbiamo costruito and the one on the right comes from the well that we built together L'ho fatta analizzare ed è potabilissima. I had it, an analysis done of the water from our well and it's wonder it's excellent. It's Quindi Dio ci ha dato non solo l'acqua. So the Lord didn't just give us water. Ma la migliore acqua che esiste in Centroafrica. But the best water in all of the Central African Republic. And just to reinforce and to be clear, that well was dug because of your generosity. And I, I just want you to be encouraged by the fact that the work that you do to be faithful with your funds that God has given to you is doing work on the other side of the planet, including bringing clean water to the Central African Republic. Here's another picture. Could you tell me, you showed me this one this morning and I added it. What is that, Desi? Okay, which one is the food, the most famous food that you know in Italy, from Italy? Is pasta or pizza? Okay, that's pasta and pizza from Central African Republic. Yeah? So, a quello a sinistra giù ci sono i bruchi. So, the one left on the um, bottom are the um, larvae. Yeah. E poi sopra ci sono i termiti. Above are termites. E a destra le cavallette. And on the right are uh, grasshoppers. Sono ricchissimi di proteine. They're full of protein. E questo è il fatto che siano pieni di proteine è la forza che ho per poterli mangiare. So because they're full of protein, that gives me the courage to eat them. <laughs> e, um, quando, quando sono in Centrafrica sono abbastanza buoni. And so when I'm in Central African Republic, they're actually pretty good. But last week I went to eat pizza with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to say, we don't know any different. You're from Naples. You have pasta and pizza and mozzarella and yeah. parmigiano reggiano. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and it's a harder for me to be a missioner, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. say. Let's, uh, let's talk about transportation and what that means for you there. Yeah, okay. No, no, è un paese in guerra, il Centrafrica. So Central Africa is a, a country in war. It's in Ed è molto war. difficile spostarsi perché non è possibile camminare da soli per so strada. It's very difficult to get around because you just can't walk somewhere 
easily. Sì, e le strade sono un disastro. So not only is it not secure, but the, the roads themselves are just pretty much a disaster. E per fare 9 km, che è la capitale, si trova a 9 km. The capital, Bangui, is about 9 km, I guess about 6 miles from where our house is. E ci vogliono 45-50 minuti per fare 9 km. So you need, you know, about 45 minutes to walk that distance. With a car. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you need about 45 minutes to drive that distance. Right, because like, it's because like, the roads yeah, are really and great. then you stop and then. Quindi uh, avevo bisogno di una macchina. So I needed a car. Ma una buona macchina. I needed a good car because of the state una of the roads. Una 4x4. I needed a, a 4x4 or something e? sturdy. Thank you, Gilbert. Thank you. Thank you. l'ho detto prima, no? Ok. Un'altra un, un ragione è la sicurezza, non si può camminare per strada. I asked her to emphasize a little bit of how insecure it is to walk around the roads that you have to be in a car yeah. just for your own safety. Yeah. So it's not just the bad roads, but it's also the safety of her of the people. Yeah. E, e, grazie a Dio, io sono troppo magra. So thank God I'm I'm per gli africani. Oh, for the Africans they say she's too skinny. Quindi è, è pericoloso per la guerra. So it's dangerous because of the war. Ma non perché gli uomini potrebbero rubarmi, perché sono brutta in Africa io. And it's not because the men might rob from me because they consider me too ugly. Troppo magra. So. Non è vero. I said it's not true. I know. <laughs> so once again, to reinforce, we heard through Tyler, through Giovanni, from Desi, that she had a desperate need for transportation to be able to get around safely. And through your generosity, you purchased a car for Desi to be able to make it back and forth to her village outside of the capital. Thank you to Redemption Gilbert. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about the property. You, you already talked a little bit that you had found this place. Um, yeah and that you moved in, and can you talk a little bit about how that developed and moved beyond where you started to where you are now? Yeah, okay. I thought about the new classes. Sure, Wait. sure, yeah. Okay. okay, so we found this house, and uh, l'abbiamo affittata. So we rented this house at the beginning. E poi le suore volevano venderla. Then the sisters who we were renting it from wanted to sell it. E, um, Uh, ma noi non avevamo i soldi di nuovo per But acquistarla. We didn't have money to buy a house there. Ma uh, di nuovo il Signore ha chiesto a Redemption: volete essere parte di questo so, progetto? Really e lui ha detto: sì. So praise God because he asked to the right people. Um, oh, oh, avevo quattro classi. So I had four classrooms. E, um, um, il Signore ci aveva detto che voleva arrivare fino alla fine della scuola elementare. And the Lord told us that he wanted to arrive at the, to the end of the elementary school with all the classes. Quindi avevamo tre classi di asilo. So we had three classes for kindergarten, first grade and second grade. E, e poi la prima elementare. Okay, so the three for kindergarten, so they had three different classrooms for kindergarten and then the first grade. E non avevamo più spazi per, ah, 
continuare. And then there's no more there was no more room to continue for the other grades. E c'era avevamo avevamo fatto un progetto per per costruire una nuova aula. So we had created a project to create new a new classroom. Ma avevamo solo un quarto dei soldi necessari. And so we did our part and we came to a quarter of the money that we needed to create that new Ma per fede abbiamo voluto iniziare perché sapevamo che Dio ce l'aveva chiesto e che lui avrebbe provveduto. But we had faith because we said okay we've done our part now God's going to do the rest so we'll go ahead and begin the project to create to build this classroom. Um, è arrivato febbraio. So February arrived. E uh, io avevo chiesto a Dio per febbraio provvedi al tre quarti che mancano. And so I told God, listen, okay, we've done our part. By February, we need the rest of the money, the three quarters of the money that hasn't arrived yet. So that was the e io ero sicura che il Signore avrebbe provveduto. Sicura. Ma io avevo detto per la fine di febbraio. And I told him for the end of February, Ma we il, need that. il 3 o il 4 febbraio? But the 3rd or 4th of February? I soldi che avevo erano finiti. I was out of money. And I was like, Jesus, you promised me. And God said, but you said the end of the month. <laughs> I said, I need it now. And I was, no, a, a volte Dio, come Dio, lavora anche se, viene in soccorso la mia fede. And I've seen often that the Lord comes um, in, 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 saves my faith, comes in spite of Perché my lack of faith. Perché io ho iniziato a dirmi, because I started to tell forse myself, forse era il mio sogno, non era il sogno di Dio. Maybe it was my dream and it wasn't really God's dream. E quindi la fede ha iniziato a essere schiacciata dalla mia ragione. So my reasoning started to make my faith go down become less and less. Hmm. I was almost I have to confess I was almost desperate. And so that day when I was desperate I went and opened my email. Honestly tell you I, I almost didn't believe anymore. I couldn't believe it. I had asked around People for Ma money. nessuno ha risposto. No one responded to me. Ma mi arriva un'email di qualcuno a cui io non avevo scritto. And, but I arrived, got an email from somebody who I hadn't asked. Paul Artino. Paul Artino. Paul Artino. Io guardo. I looked at it. Ho detto, forse pubblicità, forse un evento a Gilbert. Maybe it's spam, maybe it's advertising, maybe it's some event that someone's Why inviting me to. Write me? Paulatino, who's this person? Why is that person writing me? I open it because you are cool guys. So I said I want to see, I want to check. And e lui mi, mi scrive so, che Gilbert aveva deciso di mandare forse un po' più dell'importo preciso che io avevo chiesto a Dio. And so what was written there was that Gilbert Redemption had decided to send me this money and it was just a little bit more that I had asked than what I had asked the Lord for. And you didn't know guys. And you didn't know the amount. And Paul didn't know. Paul didn't know. God knew it. That's right. God knew what I asked for. So <laughs> So this is the new class. We will have 40 children more um, 
God is good. <laughs> That's right. God is good. Quando Dio ti chiama a fare qualcosa, when God calls us and asks us to do something, lui provvede. God takes care of things. He does. We don't have to fight for if it's God that, that called us. We don't have to fight. And even we, when we don't have faith, sometimes our God is just so good hmm. that he does stuff without our faith. I mean, that's not very biblical, but uh, <laughs> he did it. I mean, he did it. I didn't believe anymore. I was like, no, that was my dream. Now I have to explain to the church in Italy. But God has done it. He's good. He's a good father. That's right. Let's talk about um, the hope that is being born there in the village that you're in and where you're doing the work. Specifically, I want to bring up this picture because I know this is where everybody's wanting to see Uh, tell me what's what's the school like? What's going on? What, describe it for us. Okay, we have we have uh, this is evangelical school, and we have children from. Abbiamo bambini evangelici, cattolici e musulmani. So we have a, a Protestant evangelical children, Catholic children, and Muslim children in our school. Questo è la scuola si chiama Riconciliazione. Our school is called a school of reconciliation. Perché ufficialmente il problema in Centrafrica, il problema politico, è legato a, a, alla mancanza di convivenza tra musulmani e cristiani. Because the core of the fighting in Central African Republic, the reason for the war, has to do with differences between Christians and Muslims. E quindi noi vogliamo che i bambini imparino a vivere insieme serenamente. So we want also our children to learn how to live together, together in peace, peacefully. Um, ci sono, uh, quando i genitori dei bimbi musulmani portano i bambini ad iscriversi a scuola. So when the Muslim, parents of the Muslim children come to sign their kids up for our school. Uh, io dico che parlerò di Gesù, racconterò la storia di Gesù ai bambini. I tell them very clearly, I'm going to speak about Jesus, I'm going to tell the children the stories of Jesus. E se voi non volete, durante quel momento i bambini possono uscire. And if you don't want, in those moments when I'm telling the children about Jesus, your children are free to, to leave the classroom. E la risposta dei genitori and è the, sempre... The answer from these Muslim parents always is... Ma possono rimanere e ascoltare la tua storia? They can stay, they can listen to your story. Gli diremo la verità a casa. We'll tell them the truth when they get home. <laughs> okay. And she says, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Abbiamo dei bambini che non hanno la possibilità perché io ho scelto, ehm, ho voluto fortemente che i bambini pagassero una piccola quota di iscrizione. So while the children are very poor, they don't have a lot, I make it a point that every child has to pay something for a tuition fee. Uh, non perché ho bisogno di quella piccola quota. Not because I have any need of that little money, it's, it's small. È perché quello che non viene, che non paghi, uh, non, non, non hai cura di quello che non paghi. Because those who don't pay aren't, uh, don't feel the responsibility or the ownership of what they're receiving. Uno, due. Questa è la prima ragione. That's the first reason. The la seconda reasons. è la dignità. The second one is for the dignity. dignity. L'assistenzialismo non mm. fa bene a nessuno. Um, just pure assistance, free, you know, free assistance doesn't really help anyone in their dignity. 
ci sono bambini che non possono pagare quella piccolissima quota and there are children that can't even pay that small little e la scuola si fa carico and so the school takes care of those cases sono bambini senza genitori there are children often without parents ce n'è una in particolare che si chiama privilege there's one in particular and her name is privilege e io non so vi racconterò tra qualche anno i will tell you in the next, next years, yeah. not in the next years, mm -hmm. if I'm right, but when I saw this child, this little girl, she doesn't have mother, she doesn't have father, I saw her, and il progetto di Dio non è mio. The plans of God aren't mine. No, la scuola è di Dio, non è mia. So the school is of God, it's God's project, not mine. E io, la mia responsabilità è che la scuola continui anche dopo di me. So my responsibility is to create a situation where the school continues after me. And I don't know if it's true, but when I saw her, I thought, she will be the next Desi. <laughs> I don't know, she's, when I took her, she was five, now she's seven. I don't know, I'm keeping looking at her and say, maybe, maybe, and I'm working for that. Because, perché voglio, io ho la responsabilità davanti a Dio di fare in modo che la sua opera continui, che non sia legata a me. Because I have a responsibility in front of God that his work continues, that it doesn't depend only on me. Mm, that's great. How many children uh, will you have this year? 155. That's amazing. So many. <clears throat> and uh, the statistics that I gave earlier said that the average boy in the Central African Republic would expect to go to school maybe through fourth grade, yeah. potentially. Girls, maybe first or second grade. Uh, what are the classes that you currently have? And, and then we're going to talk about your dreams. Yeah, okay. Do you want to talk or you have? No, you, okay. you, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I start to be independent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I have five, yeah, like I said before, I have three classes of kindergarten, first degree, and second degree. Second. Do we first grade, second grade. Yeah. And for sure, God told us to finish the elementary school. And I have a dream. I'm not sure yet if it's God's dream, but he worked in the same <laughs> Place. Well, yeah, that's another thing. They don't use to um, brush, brush the teeth. A toothbrush, that's good. Right. Non sono abituati a lavarsi i denti. So they're not, uh, they're not used to brushing their teeth. E, e, e quindi ci sono, hanno tanti denti cariati. So e they poi, have lots of problems, dental problems. E non ci sono dentisti. And there's no dentists. In you can imagine, there. we don't even have doctors or good doctors. Yeah. E quindi ho, ho trovato, abbiamo trovato qualcuno che ci ha regalato spazzolini so e dentifricio. Uh, e quindi ogni anno, fra settembre e ottobre, io faccio un corso so di igiene. Uh, e mi diverto moltissimo. Si vede? E all'inizio funziona molto bene. At the beginning it works really well. They Ma verso febbraio-marzo vedo i bimbi che si spazzolano le teste. I see the kids hitting one another in the head with their hands. <laughs> 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 <Or laughs> they're, they're taking they're combing their hair. Quindi they're forse non avranno i denti puliti, ma le difese immunitarie molto alte. They may not have clean teeth. 
No? Le difese immunitarie molto altre. Difese, uh... difese immunitarie, di immunitary defense. Eh? Immunity. Oh, their immunity is high. Because <laughs> <laughs> they clean their feet. Raggiungiamo un obiettivo. I guess that some object is being met with the toothbrush, yeah, maybe yeah, not yeah, the one that yeah. we had planned. <laughs> so, yeah. so your dream is that the second graders next year would become third graders and expand the school, fourth graders and on. Yeah, fino al sesto. Up to the sixth grade. Yeah. Poi ho right un now. grande sogno. Then I have a great dream. Um, I asked you this morning if you about this, and you gave me this picture, which said "final dream" on the top, which I thought was perfect. Yeah, um, my final dream, my own final dream, is to bring these incredible children, uh, this gift of God, through the end of high school. I God didn't tell me yet that's my dream. No, yet maybe he will. I'm sure that he will. It's huge thing in that diversi punti di vista è una cosa enorme. From different points of view, what this dream is is enormous. Ma quello che è stato fatto fino adesso era una cosa enorme. But I have to admit, what's been done up until now is something enormous. Dio l'ha fatto. But and God did it. Quindi se questo è il sogno di Dio, so if this is a dream that God has, we will make it. It's going to happen. We will. That's right. Can can you share with the church what what do you hope that these children know about God and about His feelings towards them? You shared it so eloquently in the last service. Okay. Una cosa che c'è un versetto nella Bibbia. So, Ognuno di noi ha credo un capitolo, un versetto nella Bibbia. So there's a verse from the scriptures. I think each one of us has that verse that is important to us. And this is the one that I wanted to share with you. E questo è il mio capitolo preferito. So this is my favorite verse from the scriptures. E ho chiesto ai bambini di impararlo a memoria. And I've asked the children that to to learn this by memory, so they memorized it. And this is um, Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed my, inmo- my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Questo è vero per noi, This giusto? is true for all of us, isn't it? Ma questo è vero per loro. And it's true for them, those children. Una cosa che io dico sempre. Something I always say. Io non mi sono meritata di nascere in Italia. I wasn't worthy to be born in Italy. I didn't I didn't merit that in any way. Perché sono nata in Italia? Why was I born in Italy? I don't know. I don't know. God decided. E non avremo mai la risposta. And I don't would never have an answer to why. Ma non avremo perché i bambini, i miei bambini sono nati nel paese più povero al mondo. 
So why are my children, why have they been born on the poorest, in the poorest country on Se earth? Se lo sono meritato? Did they merit that somehow? No. 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 Molte persone dicono Many people say Dov'è Dio quando i bambini in Africa muoiono? Where is God when the children in Africa are dying? Io chiedo a voi, chiedo a me. I ask myself and I ask all of you. Dove siamo noi quando i bambini in Africa muoiono? Where are we when the children in Africa are dying? Dio ha dato una risposta a questi bambini. God gave an answer to these for these siamo children. Noi. We're there. Ed è un privilegio essere la risposta di Dio per dei bambini, per delle persone che sono stati scelti, desiderati, voluti da re dei re, il Signore dei Signori, Alfa e Omega, the beginning and the end. The king of kings, he chose them. Quindi è una grande responsabilità, io so vi ringrazio dal profondo del mio cuore. It's a great responsibility that I have, that we have, and so I thank you from the depth of my heart. Yeah, I should have brought some Kleenexes up here. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, um. I know, I know one of the things that naturally comes out of a moment like this is that we want to say, well, what should we do now? Um, and we're going to do something here in a minute. We're going to pray for Desi, which I think is hugely important. But this moment is significant for us as a church because I want you to know the faithful work that's been going on that you were not aware of. This woman and her church are in a place that we will probably never go. And yet... Your generosity and your faithfulness and the way you've been called to be faithful is doing work all the way on the other side of the globe. And when Tyler contacted me a few months ago and said, hey, Desi's coming to town, she'd love to thank the church, I said, we will do anything we can to get her up in front of these folks because they need to hear and be encouraged by the good work that you have done. When Desi talks about being in the Central African Republic, she is not alone. We are in the Central African Republic, and that is part of our legacy with her. And I know that there's a moment to say, like, well, what do we do right now? What I want you to do is to catch a vision for her vision in this place so that we can follow a story that will take 15 years to come to a final dream. I want us to be there when privilege takes over as the new Desi of that school and we can celebrate together. This is part of our story and part of our legacy and part of the good works that we've been stirred up to participate in. And Desi has given us the good gift of telling us all about what that looks like in Africa. Would you join me in praying for Desi and for the work that she's doing? Let's pray for her now. God, thank you so much for this incredible story of how you have called this woman to go to a place that we are tempted to call God forsaken, but in every piece of this evidence we know you have not forsaken it. She is there being a faithful witness to the goodness of Jesus in the midst of chaos and violence and hardship. She's demonstrating love and compassion for these children and doing it in the name of Christ. God, thank you for the gift 
of being able to participate in some small way in this work. We pray that our encouragement and love goes with Desi and sustains her as she goes back home. We pray that we can continue to be a part of her story and the work that she's doing. And I'm just so thankful that you see these children, you know their names, and you have sent her to bring your love to them. God, thank you for Jesus who loved us first. We pray this in his name. Amen. Can you thank Dizzy?